the electric trams were introduced in 1899 to replace the dirty steam trams. They were powered by electricity from the Altamore powerhouse station that Mac talked about. We had electric trams even before there were electric streetlights. The ever-increasing population living in the suburbs, away from the city and its smell, noise and dust, also drove the expansion of the tram network. The patronage of the trams continued to rise. By 1908, a new style electric tram was introduced, the O-Class, better known as the Toastrack tram. It could seat 80 passengers and the rest standing for a total of 128 per carriage. The Toastrack tram in the museum collection dates from 1909 and saw service in August that year. It is housed in the Tram Museum in Loftus. The Toastrack tram had the advantage of very fast loading and unloading. At the end of the horse races at Randwick, the authorities boasted that they could move a thousand passengers a minute. Something our overcrowded railway stations in peak hour can only dream about. But the trams did not stop. They slowly coasted past the platform to load up, and in today's terms, a safety nightmare. The trams were reversible with the controller at either end to adjust the speed of the tram. The pantograph, that is the boom that holds the electrical contactor to the overhead wire, had to change over depending on the direction of the tram. And this was done with a rope. In wet weather, the changeover was somewhat hazardous, as you could get a bit of an electric shock from the high-voltage overhead wiring through the wet rope attached to it. Each tram had a destination box, showing the line and the destination of that tram. It was printed on a long roll of fabric that the driver rolled to the correct name or symbol at the end of the line. We need to remember that in the early 1900s, not everybody could read and write. Symbols like the two red dots were easier to remember by them. It also helped the switchman to determine the way to put a rail switch at far longer distances. During the Second World War, women were finally allowed to drive the trams but it only lasted till the end of the war, when the men took those jobs back. By 1941, the tram network had extended from Chatswood in the north to La Perouse on Botany Bay in the south, and from Coogee in the east to Ride in the west. That covered most of the city suburbs at the time. It was the fifth largest tram network in the world. The network carried over 400 million passenger journeys a year and averaged at 1 million passengers in a day. Unfortunately, no investment was made in the network due to the economic situation of the 1930s, followed by the Second World War. And this led to the system being somewhat neglected by the mid-1950s. 
At the same time, cars became affordable to the general public. It offered a more comfortable journey from door to door. As a result, the road started to become congested. The trams running on rails had no way to get around obstacles and were seen as getting in the way of cars. The patronage of the trams was also shrinking. The same happened all over Australia and the rest of the world. Campaigns were mounted to replace the trams with buses. It all came to a head in the late 1950s, and by 1961, the last electric tram ran from La Perouse to the tram shed in Randwick. The network was very rapidly dismantled, with the overhead wiring first to see the dust. But even now, you can still see the rosettes that held up the overhead wiring on some of the older buildings in the city centre, and if you look up at the second storeys. The tram cars were burned off at Randwick tram sheds in a great funeral pyre, just in case the public wanted them back. Melbourne, on the other hand, was faced with the Olympic Games in 1956, and it presented the same problem that Sydney faced with the International Exhibition of 1879. How do you shift a multitude of people around the city and to venues? Answer? Trams, of course. As a result, they invested in the tram infrastructure, and that has served them well unto this day. The New South Wales government of the day, having vowed that the trams would never return to Sydney, have stuck to their words. Instead, we got light rail. <laughs>